0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and I thought I'd bring you a little bit of a tactical analysis following Crystal Palace 1, Arsenal 1 at Selhurst Park earlier on today. (laughs) Hello, 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 and welcome back to the channel. It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with Loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and on this edition, we're going to be looking back at the game, Um, the game that obviously took place earlier on today between Crystal Palace and Arsenal at Selhurst Park. It ended in a 1-1 draw, which I guess when you look at the overall um, way the game sort of panned out, you have to probably say was a fair result. Arsenal got off to a great start, but unfortunately we weren't able to maintain that. Um, And, you know, we allowed Crystal Palace to get a foothold in the game and Crystal Palace uh, managed to nick a draw, a 1-1 draw. But this thing about running out of steam, it's happening quite often under Mikel Arteta and I get that maybe fitness levels aren't where they need to be. Um, I'm not overly concerned by it. It's not something that I'm going to sit here and make a big song and dance about because I think that we'll Improve in that sense over time, um, but it is a bit of a concern in the short term. And Arsenal need to find a way of, uh, you know, making that not such a big issue, uh, particularly in games against the likes of Crystal Palace, where we were so dominant and we end up not getting all three points. And it's really, really frustrating um, when you start the game the way we did. Uh, but like I said, not pointing the finger at Mikel Arteta. I think what he's trying to do is the absolutely the right thing to do. Um, but I think that we're seeing Arsenal suffer physically and it's happening time and time again. Um, Graham's live in the chat and he says, what an awful game of zero quality, Harry. I have to agree, Graham. Um, we can talk about how Arsenal were good uh, for a, a spell at the beginning of the game, but ultimately there was a real lack of quality there. And when you've got a front three of uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Alexander Lacazette, Nicolas Pepe with Mesut Ozil in behind them, you expect Arsenal... Uh, to create a little more. You expect Arsenal to trouble Crystal Palace a lot more than they actually did. Um, So that is disappointing from that perspective. Let's move into uh, a little bit of the tactics. I want to give you guys a little bit of analysis, some of the things that uh, I picked up on. I'm sure a lot of you guys did too uh, during the game. There were some tactical differences today and that is a result of Mikel Arteta having time with his squad this week. Arsenal have been able to, um, you know, spend some time with the manager on the training ground and over the Christmas period that wasn't necessarily the case because you as Arteta alluded to in his press conference you had to prepare for a game then you're you're winding down the next day and then the next day after that you're back in preparation for another game that's how that period is it's very difficult it's very frantic and unfortunately you don't get a great deal of time to, to implement anything new um but gonna share uh, my screen with those of you watching us on YouTube and I'll do my best, of course, to explain it verbally uh, for those who are listening to us via the audio later on. A uh, big hello to you guys too. But I've got on my screen here the lineup that that Arsenal started with. It was Bern Leno in goal, Ainsley maitland at right-back, a central defensive pairing of Sokratis and David Lewis with Sead Kolasinac at left-back. Midfield pivot of Granit Xhaka and Lucas Torreira with Mesut Ozil just in front of them. Nicolas Pepe on the right, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang on the left and Alexander Lacazette through the middle. Now, it's exactly the lineup that we, we put to you on our uh, pre-match podcast, which we released yesterday. So we got it right. We got it spot on. Um, and that's a testament to Mikel Arteta, I guess, because we almost... You know, with Unai Emery, we were cursing the fact that every week we didn't know what our starting eleven was. It appears that Mikel Arteta has worked out very, very quickly. And that's a good thing, in my opinion. It's a settled team. He's got to stick with it um, and, you know, hope that it improves and, and try and make those tactical tweaks. And I thought there were some tactical tweaks today. And I'm going to come on to talk about those now. Um, often, uh, even under Unai Emery, the fullbacks were a real outlet for us. The fullbacks were really key to the way that we got forward. And and Serge Kolasinac for me is a far better attacking fullback than he is defensive. We know he's got shortcomings as a defender, but we know that he can be very effective getting forward. He's almost like a train when he gets his head down and he just drives forward. And he put that to real good use against Manchester United uh, on New Year's Day. One of the problems that we had against Leeds, in my opinion, was that Ser Kalasinach looked tired and looked as though he couldn't make those runs constantly, and that really hindered us. So, to see Ser Kalasinach doing that again today was really good and really positive, particularly as I said in the early stages. But Mikel Arteta has catered for that in a way that Unai Emery didn't. And under Unai Emery, those fullbacks would constantly bomb on, but they'd constantly be picked off and caught out of position. Mikel Arteta's recognized that, and he speaks a lot about the transition. He talks about the fact that Arsenal need to be better in the transition and that was a real problem and as a result you were seeing this in the first half so you were seeing say Kalasinac bomb up this left flank you were seeing Granit Xhaka tuck in um, it's the natural choice he's the left-sided of the two central midfield players and he's left-footed he was tucking in into that left back position almost but what that also does is it allows Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to to cut inside and to partner Lacazette a little bit more so when Arsenal do have possession. You were seeing something more like this. Lacazette um, and Aubameyang uh, through the middle with Aubameyang having stepped inside. Xhaka tucking in. To that midfield, uh, or sorry, to that left back position, Lucas Torreira coming a little bit more central in order to police it. And Arsenal were more in this shape when we had the ball, when we were getting forward in the first half. I've got to stress that it wasn't happening later on in the game. But that is the idea. That is what Mikel Arteta is trying to get this group to do. It's what he's trying to get them to understand. Of course, when we're out of position, that all resets and Kalasinac moves back into left back. Xhaka steps back into the midfield, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has to do his defensive duties on the left-hand side. So that is the idea, um, I believe, that Mikel Arteta is trying to put uh, across, um, and it looked like it was working to good effect for a short period of time, at least. Um, Of course, Arsenal's goal um, came from a a nice bit of interchanging play between uh, Ozil, Lacazette, Aubameyang, Pepe, I think, as well. Um, And that's what you want from these four. You want them to To cause a devastating effect, that they didn't do it enough today. They didn't do it enough. Um, And that was really disappointing. When you got that much firepower on the pitch, you'd expect the Crystal Palace goalkeeper to have to make more saves. You'd expect the Crystal Palace defense to be tested um, more than they actually were. So that was one of the disappointing factors. But like I said, um, there were some tactical tweaks today that we saw, and they were clear, um, clear differences to the way we've been playing before. David Lewis, for me, uh, played really well today, actually. And there was a couple of moments where I got a little bit frustrated with him, particularly when he had that free kick uh, on the edge of the centre circle and he decided to have a shot. That drove me absolutely mad. But what David Lewis did really well today was step out of the defence with the ball very comfortably. um, And that's what David Lewis is all about, picking those diagonal balls out in particular to Kolasinac, in particular towards Aubameyang. And Arsenal were utilising their left-hand side, in my opinion, really, really well in that spell. And and I keep talking about that spell. There was a spell where Arsenal were very good today. Um, As the half wore on, Arsenal, I guess, I don't want to say got a bit leggy, but once they scored... Naturally, you drop off a little bit and you try and be a little bit more cautious than maybe you would have been at the start of the game. And I understand that. Um, And and I thought that Crystal Palace woke up after Arsenal scored. Let's put it that way. Crystal Palace made it a, a dogfight, made it a scrap. And that is what Crystal Palace want. That is what Roy Hodgson teams want. Now, you may not get the greatest of quality out of a Roy Hodgson side, but what you're guaranteed to get is hard work, is commitment, is pressing, is working. And they really, really did that. And to their credit, they made it a scrap and they turned it into the type of game that they wanted it to be towards the end of the first half. And Arsenal lost the grip on that, um, in my opinion. Before I move on to the second half, though, Lucas Torreira, who, of course, did come off at halftime, was playing so well. And his departure... Was such a huge blow to the Arsenal. And what I liked about Torera's performance today was he was pressing to the right. He was pressing further forward. He was stepping out of his position and pressing people, but always at the right times. It was a calculated press. It wasn't a headless chicken press like you sometimes see from Mateo Genduzi. Um it was a, a calculated press and it really worked well in the first half. And also, credit to this man, Messer Erzil, who when Torreira was going into press, he wasn't going in alone. Ozil was stepping in there alongside him. Pepe was doing it as well on the right-hand side. Um, maybe not as good as he should have been uh, sort of in the final third. But in terms of that press and helping out his teammates, I thought Arsenal did that really, really well today in the first period. There's a real emphasis now on winning possession back quickly, on winning possession Um in a pack almost, in, in going hunting as a, a pack of wolves, as such, and just going in there and, and trying to win the ball off people as quickly as possible. That is what we've seen from Pep Guardiola's Manchester City sides uh, for a long, long time. It's, you lose the ball, you've got to win it back ASAP. You have to do that. Um, and I think that Arsenal did that pretty well today. So, well, in the first period, I, I keep saying pretty well. And it's as it's, it's, it's if I've blocked out the second half because the performance was so. I guess, disappointing. And and one of the good things, another good thing that happened in the first half, which I should touch on before we move on, was the way we were defending. And one of the things I've always criticised Arsenal for is not being compact enough. And I thought Arsenal's back four did this really well um, when we were defending in that first period. Defend the width of your penalty area. It's the oldest saying in the book but it's the most effective way. And if players get crosses in from wide positions, you've got the personnel to deal with it because you are closing those spaces. If you defend uh, in a wide formation, you end up leaving gaping holes in between your players and people can make runs in between these gaps. And that's a real problem. So for me, Arsenal defending the edge of their penalty area um, was very important in that first period. And it's something that we've seen uh, a little bit more under Mikel Arteta in the last few weeks and something that we're improving on slowly. Moving on to the second half, though, it was really, really poor. Um, and, and when I say really, really poor, I don't mean that Crystal Palace created a whole host of chances and were the better team. What I mean is we weren't able to implement our game and we weren't able to impose ourselves on Crystal Palace and use the superior quality that we have in the midfield and the forward areas to dictate the game and control possession. We almost allowed them to start the half on the front foot again, and we ended up finding ourselves sinking deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's happened to us a few times now under Mikel Arteta. Again, I want to stress this is not me having a go at Mikel Arteta. You can't uh, turn a team into world beaters overnight. I think we all understand that. We all accept that. But it's a a common occurrence and something that we need to put right and something that we need to, um, you know, work on and improve on. In terms of the way we were pressing for the first half an hour, you could put it down to a couple of things. Fitness is an issue. Um, Fitness is going to play a part in that. And you'd hope that over time we'll get better at that and things will improve. Also, do we necessarily have the right personnel for that style of play? Probably not. But we're stuck with these players. This is what Mikel Arteta has got to work with. And he isn't going to be able to go and uh, make wholesale changes in January. We understand the club are looking at a couple of things. We don't expect there to be any significant investment, and so he's got to get the best out of what he's got. Um, I've already touched on on losing Torreira. Torreira went off um, at halftime, and on came Matteo Genduzi. You can only assume that it was a precaution, um, a slight injury. Um, I've not seen. Any of the post match stuff because I was traveling immediately after the game um, at the time of doing this. I will obviously catch up on that. Let me know in the comments if you're watching us live if there's any word on Lucas Torreira. But Matteo Genduzzi came in and instantly we lost that press. We lost that, um, (laughs) the organizer, I guess, because Lucas Torreira has become a little bit of an organizer lately in the sense that uh, he sets the tone in the midfield in terms of how you want to press people. And Without him in there, I think we saw that. is a different type of player. Um, I think it's difficult uh, to replace Lucas Torreira like for like with the options that we have, you know. And so he had to make the change, understandably. But for me, that change really hindered us and really set us back. Crystal Palace equalised, I think it was around about the 54th or 55th minute through on, uh, Jordan Ayu. It was a deflected shot. It was a really, really unlucky goal to concede and I've seen some people on social media having a go Um, for me I'm not going to sit here and pull apart anybody's performance based on that goal because I thought it was really really unlucky Um, but it's about how you respond from that and Arsenal didn't respond and again is it down to them not having enough in the tank to respond physically and there's a few of you in the comments saying that we didn't run out of steam I think we did I think we did I, I don't see how you can maintain that intensity for 90 minutes. Even Pep Guardiola's teams don't maintain it for 90 minutes. They do it um, for quite a while in a game, maybe 60 minutes, but it's almost impossible to maintain that for a long, long time. So I'm not really um, too upset with anyone about the goal. I understand that we dropped off, but when you drop off, you know, you still have to be able to turn it on again and you still have to be able to up the gear. And when you get into that sort of, mode of slowing down and sitting deeper behind the ball and becoming a little bit passive like we did so often under Unai Emery. It's very hard to then turn it around and, and inject that energy and that enthusiasm back in the team when you're going for the winner, having been pegged back. So I'm not overly upset. Um, I'm not overly disappointed. And when you consider that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, um you know, that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang got sent off, Our captain away from home, down to 10 men. A draw at Crystal Palace is not the worst result in the world. It's not a good result. Don't get me wrong. We're Arsenal. We should be winning games like this. Um, And I totally accept that. But it's not the worst result in the world, given the way our away form has been. For two or three seasons now, it's not just been of late. It's been for two or three seasons. The last season under Wenger, we were terrible on the road. The first season under Emery, the beginning of the second. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit of a... Uh, what's the word? I think you're asking too much if you thought that Mikel Arteta was going to turn all of that around in such a quick space of time. So let's not be too disappointed. Let's accept we got a point. We went down to 10 men, not ideal circumstances. Um, I'm just reading some of your comments. Dabadaki says it's all fitness for me. Um, Pratik says Arteta himself said it's not fitness, it's mentality. I think it's both, mate. I think it's both. I think you can get tired mentally, and a lot of people don't understand that, but you can. You can switch off mentally. I don't think it is um, necessarily always about what your body can do. If you shut down mentally, if you feel like you're tired, if you don't have that mental strength to push through those barriers, then you will, of course, uh, drop off. obamyang sending off. I can't believe that there are Arsenal fans defending that. I'm as much of an Arsenal fan as anybody else, but it's a nasty, nasty challenge. And if there's a little bit more force in there, he's broken his ankle. He's broken the player's ankle. And, you know, if it was the other way around, we'd all be going absolutely nuts. We'd all be fuming. We'd all be saying, um, you know, how has he stayed on the pitch? For me, it's a red card and there's no arguments and people slate VAR a lot. But VAR helped, in my opinion, in that instance, to get the correct decision. Taking my Arsenal hat off for a moment, that is the correct decision. And I have absolutely no complaints about that. The suspension that's to follow is going to be a big problem for us because uh, it's, it's violent play or whatever they call it. And it looks like he's going to miss three games now which is really really disappointing and you wonder where Arsenal's goals are going to come from with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh being ruled out of three games um what else did I want to say uh obviously when the uh the red card happened and Gabriel Martinelli came on um Mesa Ozil went off and Arsenal changed formations and they went to almost like a uh It was like a 4-4-1 sort of thing. Um, Martinelli started on, well, him and Pepe interchanged a couple of times, but that was the way Arsenal lined up after that. Um, Struggled to get any service up to Lacazette, but, well, any service of note anyway. But Alexander Lacazette really, really frustrated me today. And this is something that's been driving me mad for months. And I know he's been getting a lot of stick uh, recently from Arsenal fans, he probably doesn't do enough in front of goal. I agree with that. Um, doesn't score anywhere near as many goals as Aubameyang. And he plays through the middle. Um, but it's the fouling. It's the constant fouling. And I know IU did it for Crystal Palace. And a lot of Arsenal fans were upset that he didn't get booked today. Etc, um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But for me, Alexander Lacazette fouls his opponent almost at every opportunity. It's those pushes in the back. It's the over-exuberance to get on the ball. It drives me fucking mental because you are a professional footballer. How many times are you going to give those fouls away? And it happens week in, week out. This is not a one-off today. This is not an off day for Alexander Lacazette. The fouls need to stop. If you're on the wrong side of the ball and you come into the back of somebody, you are going to be penalised. When is he going to learn that? It drives me crazy. It's so frustrating because it affects our rhythm because of the stop, start, stop, start, all the time people talk about tactical fouls and Mikel Arteta is uh, associated with tactical fouls but my god those are not tactical fouls those are stupid fouls most of the time and that really really wound me up really really um drove me mad today look it's a disappointing result because we were in front it's a disappointing result because Crystal Palace weren't all that good But it's a respectable draw away from home against a side who, whether you like it or not, were above us in the league at the start of play and remain above us now. It's a draw that, you know, isn't a complete and utter disaster, I guess. And yes, you want to be beating Crystal Palace, but this is a work in progress. This Arsenal team is going to need months and months and months to get anywhere near where Mikel Arteta needs them to be learning new instructions. They're taking on new patterns of play, new techniques, new styles, new philosophies, etc. It's not going to happen overnight. It is frustrating that we ended the game uh, in a draw having taken the lead, but there were some positives in the sense that we did begin to see some uh, some adjustments. We did begin to see some new ideas being implemented. So, I'm not overly disappointed tonight. I'm not happy either. Um, I'm kind of content with it I guess um which is a sign of where we've fallen to in recent months if nothing else um but yeah that's that's uh my sort of analysis on uh, today's game we'll be back of course uh, in the week with a full-length podcast where I'll be joined by a guest um I thought I'd do this today because uh, I'm anticipating a really really busy Monday um and I didn't want to make you guys wait for it um It's the launch of my uh, new Arsenal podcast on 90 Min Football. Um, For those of you who don't head over to 90 Minute, uh, subscribe, check out their website. There's some great stuff on there. They've done an interview with Andy Robertson uh, of Liverpool just a few days ago. So a big shout out to Ben Haynes for that as well. Great work from uh, him and the team there. But yeah, um, that's coming to you next week. So stay tuned for that as well. While you're here, hit the like, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment of your thoughts. Big hello to every single one of you who's tuned in live. And of course, to those listening to us back later on, uh, big hello to you guys too. And um, that's my analysis of Crystal Palace 1, Arsenal 1. Overall a disappointing result in the end. But when you take into account uh, the way our performance dropped off and the fact that our captain was sent off and we were down to 10 men away from home, A draw is not the end of the world. Uh, We'll be back very soon with more. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share, all the usual. And until next time, take care. Ciao.